You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch, John, episode 101. Yeah, it's uh, it's like we're just starting... <laughs> I, I don't know if it can we can say starting off starting over again because like if I have to start over again with you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mistakes were made. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say there's mistakes, but it's been a journey. Hey, I learned a trick. Down oh. a few shots beforehand. No, is that, that livens is, things up a little. Is that what's been helping you? Well, it loosens the throat. Yeah. <laughs> What about the mind? Does it open up the mind at uh, all? You know, that actually deserves to be numbed a little bit. Ah, okay. Well, hey, keep, keep some of the voices down while you so you can talk. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, episode 101, we're going to start a new show. Since we don't have Game of Thrones coming back until like June or July or it's something. It's going to be a while, yeah. Yeah, so I almost thought that maybe we should just start from episode one of Game of Thrones and like do them until we catch up to the to the premiere but there's like 68 episodes between the the seasons we'd have to do the math i would be open to maybe doing like a complete season and then like break it up into like two episodes or something yeah I was gonna say, yeah we could because you couldn't do like a complete season in just one episode yeah and plus with everything that we know now we'd be pointing out all the foreshadowing and yeah like oh now i see how this all ties together and when ned stark said this you know so let's see there's uh what what we're coming up on season eight right yes so there's final season. seven seasons if you, you broke that up into two episodes a season that's 14 episodes so we do an episode a week, 14 weeks. It's over three months. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be right in there. Three and a half And then months. we could just kind of rush it at the end. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That might be a thing we do. Might could, not. Could be for fun. It Let's just be. do it anyway. And then maybe we'll record it. Maybe not. Who knows? All right. <laughs> Wait, I, are we going to go back and rewatch all those episodes? Yeah, why not? Oh, it's so much, it's so much to sit through. Yeah, but we can just power through them. We can watch a couple episodes at a time, have some pizza. Hey, if you cook dinner, I'll be here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mitch is a fantastic cook, everybody. Oh, well, thank you. Um, all right, well, let's get to some geek news before we, we talk about Castle Rock. That's what I was getting at earlier. We're going to start <laughs> Castle Rock. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people have watched it. I've heard a lot of good things. I've only heard like one negative thing about it so far, and we'll see, I'll see if it ends up panning out that way, but... Uh, I would say for the first episode, I'm definitely intrigued. Sweet. <laughs> so over at Netflix, other than the Marvel shows being canceled, they're also canceling other 
fan favorite shows. Amer- American Vandal after season two is now canceled at Netflix. I've never even heard of that show. What's that about? You never heard about it? Mm-mm. Okay, so do you know about that show that they did? Uh, what was it Making a Murderer? Yes. Okay, so take that, turn it into a comedy parody about the first. The first season was about uh, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, some kid was graffitiing all over the school, like drawing dicks everywhere. So it was all about who who drew the dicks. Sounds like my kind of dude. I never watched either season. I I, I don't know. I just never thought it was funny, but. Uh, that's uh, a lot of people enjoyed it. So it's taking the making a murderer formula and turning it into a comedy. Second season is all about, um, I guess someone got revenge on their school by putting X lax in like, like turbo X lax or whatever in the, in the, uh, the cafeteria food or something like that. So then everybody just pooped everywhere and the, the, the prankster called himself himself or herself the poop burglar or something like that. A turd burglar. I don't remember. But the poop emoji was used everywhere. So you know, actually, this sounds like it's a show that's right up my alley. I'm I am surprised that you hadn't watched I it. I know I've never heard of it. But yeah, Netflix canceled it after season two. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's another. It's it, I think it's interesting because they. What was it earlier this week? A third party like ratings. Uh. uh collective you know they basically try and rate things because you know netflix doesn't release their ratings or their their uh yeah the ratings the, the things that the, the show right, they don't reveal their metrics their, yeah. yeah their metrics or their numbers and stuff like that but this third party said that you know the, all that people the, all the shows are dropping in numbers honestly i think it's because they're, they're dropping so many shows at once like take a look at daredevil season three they said the first week of Daredevil season three is like a drop of 50% from the last season of Daredevil. But then you also had the week before House of ha- or ha- the Haunting of ha- Hill House dropped on Netflix. And then the week after, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina dropped on, on Netflix. It's like, I, I feel like you're, you're cutting your audience in half by having stuff drop so close to each other. So... In releasing too much content, they basically steal customers from themselves. They're stealing customers, but I mean, they're not stealing customers from themselves. They're just, they're they're still gonna be on. They're still watching stuff from Netflix, right? I guess, but I mean, if you're not watching the right thing, then it looks like it's not getting any views. I suppose. Yeah, and, it looks like it's not getting any streams or b- views, but like, it it's, and it's not like there's an ad in the middle of the show or anything. So it's not like they're not getting the ad at revenue. It's they're still getting the subscription money i don't know i i I really would would like to know how it works over there yeah i mean in my short time working at netflix we had no input on that kind of thing it was just uh you know how to reset somebody's password and stuff (laughs) so you didn't get to see the cool stuff right uh so yeah once again uh if you're a fan of making or i'm sorry not making a murder but american vandal that show has been canceled, but I do believe they are talking about getting it shopped around to other networks. Might get the Brooklyn Nine Nine treatment. We might get the Brooklyn Nine Nine treatment. Yeah. I think it probably to me it'd be like it'd probably be great at like Funny or Die or something like that or Crackle. Hmm. Uh, okay, the Twilight Zone revival. Jordan Peele is heading it up. He's going to be. I think he's going to be the producer of the show and he's going to be doing the Rod Sterling like talk to the audience beginning part. 
I hope he plays it straight and does like real. Oh, I'm sure he serious, will. Like yeah. gravitas intros. Well, they're gonna be remaking uh, twenty or was it Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet? This time called Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet. Mm-hmm. And Adam Scott is gonna be reprising the role that William Shatner originally played in the original Twilight Zone TV show, and then what was it, John Lithgow who did mm-hmm. the did the character in uh, the Twilight Zone the movie? Yes. So. How do you feel about that? I mean, I love Adam Scott. I think he's I think he's funny. I'm all for it. All of it. Everything, <laughs> everything that you've said so far, I'm down. You're, you're down for all the things I that like, I just talked that's, about. That's probably one of my favorite episodes, too. Um, I know it's really popular, but I like it just because it's just so iconic. And there's a few others that are, like, really, you know, just kind of niche episodes of, like, you know, whatever. Like, oh, the lady was afraid of death, and it turns out she was dead the whole time talking to the Grim Reaper. Well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. But that one's just so iconic, and I love the way that they did it in the movie. Like, that gremlin was, like, a million times creepier than that booger monster from the original. <laughs> oh, yeah, the one in the movie was much creepier than the <laughs> the one that was in the TV show. Yeah, that, that thing was awesome. <laughs> I, I would watch that movie just for that part and then the one with the kid was also kind of cool too now which kid the oh the kid that made his parents like could make his like the kid with special powers yeah okay um what did they call it that episode i can't remember the title of it now but yeah they they spoofed it on the simpsons Mm -hmm. um and like he would turn people into like jack yeah yeah uh, jack in the box he turned homer into jack um, in the box yeah, I love the the uh, the the movie version because they updated it with like live action cartoon characters. I don't think I've ever seen the 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 original version. I've only seen the movie version of that one. The original version, I mean, it was what made in the 1960s, mm-hmm. so it was you know definitely more low budget. You can tell that when they turned that one guy into a jackal or a jack lantern, no, jack in the box. It's just a close up of the guy's head just kind of rocking back and forth, and <laughs> you only see it as a shadow. It really, uh, it, it plays more with like. You know the what you don't see right. you know, to mess with your imagination. No, the the movie was so much more graphic, and I love it for that reason. And then what was it? They also had the one where all the the senior citizens turned into kids. Yeah, that one's stupid. The can. Oh, that's not stupid. I think that was the one that Steven Spielberg directed. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, it seems it was, like an amazing story. Yeah, it was more like that. It reminded me of the one where the airplane, the World War II bomber, yeah. lost its wheels, and the guy drew them, and it became cartoon wheels. Right. I was like, come on, man. Uh, there was, and then there's the Dan Aykroyd is the paramedic at the end when he's uh, picking up John Lithgow after he gets off the plane. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And then he turns into a werewolf or something like that, doesn't he? No, he says he says something about so. don't you want to, you want to see something really creepy or something like that? Am I thinking of the wrong thing? I think you're thinking of something else. Yeah, uh, maybe it's Doctor Detroit. No, it's <laughs> not Doctor Detroit. That's for sure. All right, so Twilight Zone revival show. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be on CBS All Access. Yeah, it is CBS All Access, and I will I refuse to buy that. So mm. hopefully, someone will buy it and let me watch it with them. Yeah, let's do some stream share. I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying I will come over to someone's place and watch CBS All Access. I will not pay for CBS All Access. Well, you can cook them dinner. I can cook dinner. There you go. I can cook dinner. Uh, Annie Muschietti, director of It and It Chapter 2, has been attached to direct 
a live action version of Attack on Titan for Warner Brothers. I'm down. I know nothing about this anime because I know nothing about anime. Okay, you see that picture that's on your screen right there of that kind of fleshless monster thing? That's a titan. Yes. Okay. That thing is like 100 feet tall. Okay. And he's attacking like the last human city, which is all walled off. It's like huge walls. And he can actually look through it or over it rather. Okay. And there's these titan things. So it's a mystery. We don't know what's going on, but sometime in the future... Or past, I don't know. It's really confusing. Um, <laughs> like most anime. Yes. All of these uh, giant-sized, vaguely humanoid creatures start appearing. And uh, you're safe as long as you're behind this wall until this one day when that giant titan appears. <laughs> it breaks a hole, and then all of them start getting so in. The so mov- the, the show is essentially just that we're following around the crew that's usually that's there to... Uh, defend the city against the titans essentially yes like the titan hunters i forget what they're called but they have these really cool uh like anti-gravity uh mechanisms essentially it's kind of like uh kind of like web swinging sort of except that they're not spider-men mm. or women okay but they use them to kind of zip around the city and climb up real fast along the the backs of the titans and stab them in the back of the neck because that's their weak spot and uh, it's it's very just action based. They made a live action movie already, uh, but from what I've seen, the yeah the special effects were kind of lacking. I mean, it wasn't that great. Oh well, I mean, I would assume Warner Brothers will put a lot of money into it. It's just whether or not so. an an anime um, live action adaptation will do well because I don't think there's very very many uh, successes in that field yet. However. There weren't a lot of successes in the comic book to live action, you know, adaptation until, well, I mean, I guess the first X-Men? Pretty much. Blade is a great movie. Well, Blade is what's really kind of gave Marvel uh, the balls to, like, really take a gamble. But I think X-Men makes the first money, and then you you bring in Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, and those are like, oh, okay, we can actually start making real movies. Yeah. See, that's the problem, though. You got to start small. You got to, if you're going to adapt an anime, do one that's, you know, like a blade level anime, one that's not super ambitious. When you're dealing with, you know, Attack on Titan or your Akira's, I mean, those are huge set piece movies. You don't want to go cheap on those. No. And you don't want a studio that's skittish about their returns, you know, trying to skimp on the budget on those. You got to start small, make them brave, and then they'll start investing in, like, your Spider-Man level animes and your, you know, build up your multiverse infinity wars and all that. That, that takes time to get there. And I have a feeling if they do this, they're going to half-ass it. And then it's just, it's going to be probably be PG-13. The anime is very violent. It's very graphic and gory. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I mean, you'll see the Titans just scoop up people and just like eat them. Like, (laughs) chomp them in half and then just drop half their body lifelessly watch it watch it turn out like is this show still on is it still a thing um you know? I, it's definitely still ongoing but i know that like the anime and the i think we talked about this last episode animes and mangas usually start to diverge because they can make the anime faster than the manga mm-hmm. i think the at this point the anime is already getting past where the manga is so i don't know there'll probably be an, a version eventually where the um, anime will be different in the end i was just saying that watch it just be like it eventually turn out that like the titans are us we're the humans and the, the the little people are actually like bugs oh there's already 
yeah, like without giving too much away that, yeah, a lot of stuff happens within the first season where you start to realize, oh, wait, the Titans are humans, but there's something wrong with them. Yeah, but I'm just saying like you're looking at it through the bug's eyes kind of thing. Like, oh, so all the humans are actually insects? Yeah. Or insect-sized humans? No. Just insects? Just insects. From the point of view yep. of the bugs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's another animal. Because last week we talked about My Hero Academia becoming live action. So. Yeah, that I know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> something that we do know something about, Stranger Things. Stranger Things Season 3, uh, I, I guess, not that we were ever wondering it, but I guess it's an official word came down that the mind flare is going to be a big part of season three i'm cool with that because i mean we saw that it didn't really die at the end of season two right but i was kind of hoping that there'd be a different monster monster like every every season basically um you know the demigorgon was cool because it was kind of like a small scale whatever and then um you know the demo dogs whatever they call them yeah new one right we're kind of cool because you have a lot of them but then you also have the mind flare in the background. But then again, the mind flare never really makes it over to like the the real world. The real world, yeah. It's how we. It or always stays. World. Yeah, they they zip up the the breach or whatever they call it for the upside down. Uh, but it's still alive, so it's still out there. I mean, what I do hope is that we get a little bit more understanding as to what exactly is going on in the upside down, and what the mind flare and the demigorgon and all these other things are. I mean, they don't have to spell it out, you know, hold your hand through it, but just give us a little more because it's, it's sometimes if you get too much mystery, then you're like, well, I don't care then. I mean, if we're never going to find out, give us something. It's true. Something. Something appealing. And I think we talked about this the uh, a while ago when they first announced something about it, but Terry Pratchett, Pratchett, are you familiar with his books? I've heard of them. I see the one that does... Uh, no, I'm thinking Wheel of Time. That's Jordan something. I don't know. Yeah. But he does the Discworld books? Ah, uh, that's one, yeah. So uh, I guess the BBC America's announced that it's greenlit The Watch uh, as a new scripted drama inspired by the Discworld series of books. Um, Terry Pratchett worked with uh, Neil Gaiman to make The Good Omens. Nice. And we know that's coming to Amazon, but... I guess, uh, let's see, The Watch is a punk rock thriller inspired by the legendary City Watch subset of Discworld novels. This disruptive, character-driven thriller centers on Terry Pratchett's misfit cops as they fight to save a ramshackle city of normalized wrongness. Both From both the past and future in the perilous quest, modern and inclusive, The Watch features many famous Discworld creations, including City Watch, Captain Sam Vimes... The Last Scion of uh, Nobility, Lady Sybil Ramkin, the naive but heroic carrot, the mysterious Angua, and the in- ingenious non-binary forensics expert Cheery, together with Terry Pratchett's iconic characterization of death. So That was a whole string of syllables in succession that you just said. Yeah, I know, right? They, they really made absolutely no sense whatsoever <laughs> put together, but... I imagine if you're a fan of Terry Pratchett's and, and the Discworld series, that that probably made somebody really excited. That means something to somebody. It and does. You know what? But it, you know it, what? I, I'm going to see that first trailer. I'm going to be like, yeah, I can watch this. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, I'm not a fan of the work only because I haven't been exposed to it yet, but it sounds appealing. I mean, 
weird cops that fight death? Hell yeah. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. All for it. All right, something else that we do talk about on the show, Game of Thrones. So we have the name for the prequel spinoff on HBO of Game of Thrones. It's going to be called The Long Night. It's going to take place 10,000 years before Robert's Rebellion mm-hmm. during the Age of Heroes. Yep. And we have two lead actors already, Josh Whitehouse. Uh, I don't think we actually have a name of what uh, his character will be, but and Naomi Watts. And we, I know we don't have a name for her character. Now, <clears throat> I've I've heard this story already, but I hadn't seen what the main guy looks like. He looks a little bit like Bran. He does look a little bit like Bran. You're right. And that makes me think he might be Bran the Builder. Is that who Bran gets his name from? That's who Bran gets his, yeah. So he's not the first of his name? He kind is of thing? not the first of his name, no. Oh. But, I mean, that goes way back down the line. Um yeah, so Bran the Builder during the Age of Heroes is the person that somehow was imbued with the, the wisdom and the knowledge to build some of the the longest standing works or buildings in all of, uh, I was going to say Azeroth because I'm thinking of World of Warcraft. <laughs> like, well, Westeros. Westeros. Yeah. And, so uh, he's not the one that builds the wall? Yes, he's also one oh, that builds, builds the wall. Oh, he builds the wall, yeah. okay. Um, so we're going to see, I mean... It's been hinted at that the wall was built with the help of the children of the forest and it's imbued with magical spells and stuff. So hopefully we get to see some of that. I'd like to see how exactly they built the wall. That sounds pretty cool. The reason why they built the wall so, and all the other reasons why uh, you know, the, the war with the children of the forest and the first men led to the creation of the White Walkers, which we already saw a little hints of in the last season, which then led to um, the... You know, the White Walkers then causing the long night. It's, it's going to be cool stuff. But, yeah, a lot of things happen 10,000 years before the <laughs> Robert's Rebellion. So I'm guessing it's going to be so like, multiple seasons covering all of that. Is Bran the Builder a Stark? Yes. So, okay. So essentially we might have a Stark in the story already. And Naomi Watts, more often than not, has a certain hair color that would definitely make her maybe about a part of a Lannister family line possibly but there is another person she could be who's that um the the night queen oh so part of the story of game of thrones i know we've covered this in the past and i'm a little rusty because we haven't dealt in it in a while we have not but the 13th lord commander is supposed to be the of the of the wall is supposed to be the one that um becomes the Night King. And one of the reasons it's said that he became the Night King is because he fell in love with essentially a White Walker princess. And that essentially is what causes the, you know, him to defect and start the chain of events that caused the whole cycle of, you know, the White Walkers living, you know, beyond the wall and all that. Okay. So... That's definitely a character that she could be playing. Um, I don't think she's a Targaryen, so at least... You don't think she would be? No. I think... Um, I mean, do we have all the major houses back then? Like, the houses that we, we see? Well, in- I mean, there's Targaryens, but they're not really living in Westeros at that point yet. Um, at that point, they're all still basically over in... Um, in Oh, man, what was their land called? 
Uh, Valeria? Valeria, yes. <laughs> I, was, I don't know why. I'm so rusty right now. I got to get back into it. Oh, you're going to have to dive deep. I got right. to pull up my encyclopedia again. But yeah, they're usually all just kind of hanging out there. Although around that time, there would have been a lot of stuff going on on their land as well, um, which potentially could is, is what also gave rise to the, uh, the faceless men. Mm. So like that stuff was going on over there too. Or at least setting the the scene for it. And do you think that this this show will, will cover all that? I mean, like I said, there's going to be. Because I think lot. there's there's supposed to be two spinoff shows. Well, that would be one of them. The the one that's the Long Night. I'm not sure what the other one would be. You know, if I remember correctly, it might be another one that's set in the past, but there might be one that's set after this. So, one that's set in the future, where like all the events of Game of Thrones are looked as mythology and maybe then magic starts coming back in the real world yeah maybe after the next or after this winter the first dragon is born in like ten thousand years again and oh it'll be like rain of fire maybe rain of fire is the (laughs) the connecting tissue yes okay so next story (laughs) uh ewan mcgregor maybe the whiskey was a bad idea maybe (laughs) ewan mcgregor is going to be a part of uh, Birds of Pay, Birds of Prey for Warner Brothers. No, Birds of Pay is the uh, the the knockoff version where uh, they're like a bunch of racketeers. <laughs> uh, surprisingly enough, he is going to be playing the main villain. He's going to be playing uh, Roman Sionis, better known as Black Mask, one of Batman's big villains. Definitely more recent than his other villains, um, but he has been around for a couple of decades now. Just you know, do you ever see Black Mask's face? I don't believe you have. So uh, potentially we could be seeing you and McGregor completely under makeup or no. under a mask the whole time. No, you don't pay for you and McGregor, and you're not going to show his face. You're definitely going to see his face. Well, I mean, in the even in Gotham, the the guy that they got to play back Black Mask, he saw his face all the time too. So it's just I like every time I've ever read. Black Mass in the comic books, he, he has the mask on. I've never seen him without the mask on. I don't know about when he first started out, but... Like Black Mask Origins. Yeah. So, so uh, I also find this funny, or interesting, I guess, because I didn't know this, but him and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are a couple. So, she's playing Huntress in the movie. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. She is. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So Obi-Wan and Ramona, eh? That's right. Obi-Wan and Ramona Flowers. What of it? Scott Pilgrim's going to be pissed. Yeah, Michael Sarah needs to come back. We need to have a... We don't. A Sarah we renaissance. We do not need a Sarah renaissance. A Sarahsance. Did you watch Molly's Game? No, I did not. You should check that out. So that out. that's like a based on a true story. It's like Aaron Sorkin's first directing job. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he wrote it and he directed it. And Did he find time between sorting all that cocaine to be able to do both writing and directing? I didn't know that Sarah Aaron Sorkin had a big cocaine problem. Allegedly. I just, I just know that he's a great writer and I love just about everything that he writes, so that's a thing. But um, yeah, in that, Michael Sarah plays a character and... Uh, or he, he plays who's supposed to be somebody that's in Hollywood, an actual Hollywood person. Uh, and from what I've gathered from other podcasts is that it's supposed to be Tobey Maguire. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Tobey Maguire is really good at poker and he's kind of a dish, dude, a dick bag. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe the movie. I see. Uh, you know what I'd like to see? 
a movie where Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg are mortal enemies. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just want to see the two of them go at it for some reason. Okay. Some I, kind of weird slash fiction in my head, probably. Probably. Yeah. But I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah. I if mean, they were one's young- like super like low energy, and the other ones like a little too eccentric. So. <laughs> if they were, I always see that one meme online. It's like uh, I feel like Michael Sarah just accidentally walked into uh, <laughs> uh, was it an audition or uh, a movie that was being shot, and, and they thought, it was too late for him to back out. He's just he's too just... awkward to to be like, "Hey, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm not an actor." Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. That's pretty cool. But uh, I mean, if they were still, if they were younger and like. They could play college age still. I could see them like doing like a like their enemies across the hall from each other in a dorm, playing tricks on each other kind of thing. Yeah, like but they're the too rivals. old for that now. Yeah, well, maybe well, some one day it'll be happen in a nursing home. There you go. Yeah. It's the grumpy old men. Like, yeah, because there's nothing in between. Awkward. Like, they couldn't be like neighbors or. You know. Well, that that movie never really works out. I I feel like because like, do you remember? Was it Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito? Like the two of them just kind of like hating each other and, and doing shit to each other while while christmas is going on in the background i don't remember that movie that's yeah weird. It, it sounds so I, familiar i though. think that's 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 what my, exactly my point uh. <laughs> uh but i mean i don't i really don't know what to think about this movie yet it's got a great cast it's got a great director i just hope that it does well yeah. <laughs> for the sake of future dc movies yeah like, please do essentially uh so and i mean you mcgregor is black mass that's gonna be interesting I, can you think of a time when you mcgregor played the bad guy mm. i guess he's kind of a bad guy in haywire with gina carano but was he kind of a bad guy in um what was that one movie where he played some like a night guard or something i don't know what you're talking about yeah there's like He's a night guard at a mortuary or something. I'm probably thinking of the wrong thing, but yeah, no, I guess I've never seen him really as a bad guy. Closest I could think of him would be like maybe Renton in um, Train Spotting. Yeah, he is the he's he's a he's a protagonist, he's a, but he's not really a good guy. He's not a good guy. You're right. He's the least bad of all of his friends. <laughs> uh, so that's I think it's going to be an interesting turn of events for him. I dig it. He needs to grow, expand a little. Uh, were you a fan of Penny Dreadful on Showtime? After I remembered what series that actually was, yes, I liked it. I thought it was a little silly towards the middle. And uh, admittedly, I don't think I finished the first season. But I liked the idea. It was like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in a way. That's exactly what I thought of it, too. Like I, yeah. I watched, I think, most of the first season. I, didn't, I never finished it. But that was the same way I felt. I was like, oh, yeah, there's all these literary characters coming together and, and stuff like that. But uh, I never finished it. Never watched season two or three. But Showtime canceled it after season three. But now they're bringing it back in a spinoff series called Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Uh, set in 1938 Los Angeles, a time and place deeply infused with Mexican-American folklore and social tensions rooted in the conflict between characters connected to the de- deity Santa Muerte and others allied with the devil. The new series will explore a mix of the supernatural and the reality of the time period. So, last time was Victorian age England. Now it's going to be Zoot Zoot era LA. <laughs> yep. It's going to be that. Yeah, it's exactly what it's going to be. So, we'll get... Uh, 
I don't know, Hispanic vampires and that's crazy. I'm actually really into it now. Like, <laughs> I, I was first, I was like, this sounds so bad. I'm like already like racially offended, but now I'm like, you know what? No, this has potential. Let's, <laughs> let's give it a shot. You know who I feel like they're the first person that's going to cast for this? Danny Trejo. No, that's funny. I wasn't thinking Danny. I was thinking John Leguizamo. Oh yeah, I could see that. I don't know why. Edward James Olmos. Maybe yeah, that's just because of the zoot suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> American me. <laughs> American me. There you go. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a try. Why not? Could be yeah. interesting. I mean, what? I wonder if they'll do, do literary characters again. I don't know. I guess it wasn't really literary characters. I mean, no. It sounds like it's going to be more folklore characters. Yeah. You'll have like Yorona and. Um, yeah. Who else? Well, I guess it was because it was Doctor Frankenstein and. I don't know who Josh Hartnett's character was. I know he was just a cowboy. Yeah, he. I mean, I would have thought he was kind of like the the uh, the Huck Finn of League of Extraordinary uh, Gentlemen. Not, not the Huck. The other guy, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. The Tom Sawyer type character, except that I don't. He was something else. I forget what his name was, but. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I'm just a generic American stand-in for the Victorian era. <laughs> I, oh, I mean, I know in the first episode he was with the was it Wild Bills traveling cowboy show or whatever it was oh, or buffalo okay. bill i think it was buffalo bill yeah wait isn't buffalo bill the, the bad guy from fucking <laughs> science of the lambs well yeah or but they take buffalo? the moniker from the actual like cowboy oh okay hero character or whatever but yes buffalo bill what did they call him buffalo bill why oh because he liked to skin his victims that's yeah why. yeah so uh all right well that's a thing maybe maybe we'll check that out when it comes out now in the year 2000. <laughs> you going to do it like Conan? No, not going to do it. Like, I think it's trademark. Oh. might get in trouble. But uh, Ridley Scott makes a movie with, with Russell Crowe, essentially like starting Russell Crowe's like Oscar-winning you know, time. Robin Hood? No. He does, he, they did make that, but that yeah. was like in 2010, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Somewhere around there. Beautiful Mind? Nope. Before that, because oh. Beautiful Mind was... Ron Howard. Ah, I see. So Gladiator. Before oh, you, you said anymore, one. yeah. Yes, yes, Gladiator. Gladiator. Yes. yes. Uh, Gladiator. Apparently, two, 18 years later, uh, Ridley Scott is looking to make a part two. He's more serious about making a part two. So, should we discuss the before mentioned idea for the sequel? Uh, sure. I mean, this is. From what I understand, this that the the original idea for the sequel has been scrapped now, and they're going to go a different way. But why don't you go ahead and tell us what the original idea for the sequel was? All right, so I'm going to paraphrase, and it'll probably sound just as ridiculous as the original version of it. But so he was supposed to be uh, resurrected. Resurrected? Uh, yes, I believe so. Reincarnated? Was he was he born again, or did he just come back from the dead? I think he's just supposed to be come back from the dead. Yeah, so he comes back from the dead. And he's immortal now, and I think he goes on to live to like present times, and it just goes really bonkers. Like I can't even remember all the details, but I think there's like, uh, like the gods are involved, like actual like Greek gods or something, or Roman gods, whatever it was in this time frame, and um, he's like some super powered like Roman Jesus essentially. <laughs> it's just it's to the worst. I'm like, how would like it? It would have been cool as like one of those like what did I just watch type of movies. <laughs> like this could have had like the room potential, with, right? With just how like out of left field they were planning on going with the sequel, 
But uh, thankfully, it sounds like they're scrapping it. I just don't understand how you could still do a sequel if it's going to feature the same character that already died. It's not. So okay. from what I understand, is the, the what they're going to focus on is the nephew of Joaquin Phoenix's character, the one that's... Oh, Commodus? Yes, Commodus. Thank you. So he's going to be older, and now it's going to focus on his story. I don't know story. how I pulled that one out of my head. I don't either. <laughs> hey, it's the whiskey. But uh, I, I, can, I could probably see like Russell Crowe showing up in maybe flashbacks or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be about his character at all. Okay. So I guess maybe the nephew becomes a gladiator? Maybe. Something happens that he gets thrown out of uh, the the hierarchy that he's a part of the royal hierarchy it just doesn't sound like there's any good reason to make this sequel it's, so it's a gladiator you know uh, extended universe it's just maybe they're they'll call end up calling it something else and it's just more of like a here what's the you know here it's like dr sleep in from the shining you know mm-hmm. it's just like hey wh- what happened to the characters afterwards I guess, like he just became a lifelong staunch advocate for gladi- gladiatorial rights or something. <laughs> sure, why not? Like uh, he started the healthcare HMO and. But uh, you know what? I would have to get. I have to give Ridley Scott the benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't anymore. I, I love his movies more than I don't. He's so. he's been actually. I think I'm the other way around now. I think he's got more misses than hits at this point, only because he keeps making more movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, fair enough. I, I I guess I mean I don't I don't count the like Prometheus and uh, how could you not? Alien he, he directed them. How could I you know not count because them? I don't think about him. I don't think about Alien. Well, that's not fair. I you think about The that. Martian. The Martian is an amazing movie. <laughs> but that doesn't erase the fact that he also did, in fact, make Prometheus and Alien Covenant. It does for me. And <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I wish I had that power of denial. There you go. The denial is strong. Uh, Well, uh, I do another series that you are heavily involved in, Halo series. Yes. And this one I do have a little tinge of denial for. Oh. Well, uh, Showtime is going ahead with their their series. You know, they've been talking about it for a very long time. Uh, I guess it's been finally announced that they will definitely the story will definitely follow um master chief in the show that's pretty cool now <clears throat> i wonder if it's going to deal with like starting with his origin because they've already done a fall of reach uh, like animated video sort of like it's it's animated but very loosely like it almost seems like they just took like still images and then used like flash animation to kind of give it a little bit of mo- it's almost like a motion comic okay um, a little bit more so, but it's still, that's what it looks like to me. But yeah, they've already done that on Netflix. I've seen it before where they showed you kind of like the origin of the Spartan project, which created Master Chief and all of his other Spartans and all that. So, but that really is one of the most interesting aspects of the story as far as the humans are concerned. I mean, there's also, you know, the aliens, which are called the Covenant. They have like their own thing going on, which is also pretty deep. And then you have the Forerunners, which are essentially kind of like the engineers. If you were to compare this to uh, Prometheus, and the um, the Forerunners would be similar to the uh, uh, to the uh, engineers in that they kind of came before. They're mostly extinct now, but the remnants of their technology is still around, and that's one of the things that the humans and the the Covenant are kind of 
at war overs, um, you know, their technology and also like their religion. It's kind of hard to explain like in a nutshell right now, but essentially, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of story they can do. The worst thing they could do is focus on a, just the tiniest aspect of the story. And I really hope they don't do that by focusing only on the Master Chief. I hope he's a part of it. I hope he's a big part of it. But I hope they also deal with the fact that like there's just a, this is a huge world in the in this uh, mythology. I mean, uh, the other character that they said that will definitely be involved uh, is Sergeant Doc- Johnson. I think is Doctor Halsey. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I and mean, she's very, very integral to the story. Yeah. Other characters posed to to be featured in the series are Doctor Halsey, likely. Dr. Catherine Halsey, who appears in 2010's Reach, yep. uh, 2012's Halo 4, and 2015's Halo 5, and Ginny, listed as an Asian woman between the ages of 18 and 20. But there's no major character by the name of Ginny in the games. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. That doesn't sound familiar, especially with that eight age that they're announcing, because Master Chief, at this point in time, he's like in his late 40s, and Dr. Halsey is in her like 60s, maybe? So maybe flashback but, to John's earlier life possibly um, now Dr. Halsey she's the one responsible for the Spartan 2 project which created the super advanced humans or augmented humans she's also the basis for the AI Cortana um, she's basically the, the sidekick to Master Chief or his uh, companion throughout most of the series right and um, yeah so they the, both of them go very hand in hand Although, you know, Cortana still looks like a younger version of Dr. Halsey throughout her entire appearance, whereas Dr. Halsey is you know, understandably old by a certain point. Mm-hmm. So uh, as, as more information about it comes out, I guess we'll talk about it more. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by that, and I think we're gonna definitely going to have to check that out when it comes out. I think so. <laughs> Uh, last and not least, um, we already talked about a Scarlet Witch and a Loki series on the Disney streaming service app, with which will feature Elizabeth Olsen and um, Tom Hiddleston as those characters. Well, they are also going to do a Bucky Falcon show on the Disney streaming app, which will bring... Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan as those characters into one show. Oh, it's going to be like a buddy show? Yep. Nice. Be like, I mean, obviously, after their contempt for each other in Civil War, I guess the, the odd couple buddy cop show is going to be what they'll do. I mean, I assume <laughs> really, that the that's... height of their tension in that movie was that, that Falcon wouldn't move his seat <laughs> up. <laughs> that's right. But they were both happy for their buddy Cap when, he's, well, yeah. when he kisses the girl. I mean, it's always bros before uh, harlots. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, it also makes me think, like, I mean, obviously there's going to be ramifications at the end of Avengers 4, whatever that's going to be titled. I was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah, didn't they both disappear in the snap? Right. So right. they're going to be coming back. Mm. I mean, unless the show takes place before... Uh, it can't take place before uh, Avengers 3. It might take place in the microverse or something, Some, the quantum but, realm. Um, to me, it makes me think that Cap will be gone at the end of Avengers 4, and the two of them will have to. We're going to be either duking it out for the title of Captain America, or they're both going to be sharing the title of Captain America, and we'll, we'll see how that works out. 
Yeah. Because in the comic book, they both they both at one point in time are Captain America. Yeah. Isn't one of the Guardians of the Galaxy at one point Captain America too? Mm. Like prior to the Star Lord generation, one of them had Cap's shield. I don't. I think uh, who you're thinking about is. Um, I think he calls himself Captain Universe, and he has like a. It's a different type of shield, but it looks a lot like Cap, Captain oh, America's so shield. It was, it was just similar. It was right. an homage to Captain right. America. Right. Okay. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Vance Astro or Astrovic, one of the two. Astro Vans, nice. Astro Vans, that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Vance Astrovic. So I don't know. Once again, it sounds like there's some great stuff that's going to be coming to this Disney app. Don't know if I'm going to have the money to get it, though. Yeah, there's too many streaming services. There's so many streaming services at this point. I mean, but if uh, anybody else gets it and, and wants to invite you for a nice dinner and show. <laughs> That's right. I'll be there. There you go. <laughs> uh, so speaking of, of streaming apps, we watched Castle Rock on Hulu. That we did. Hulu is a streaming app. That's where I got that, yeah, yeah, I that, got that. segue yeah, from. Very good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Masterfully done. <laughs> what did you What did you think of the first episode? I'm almost in. You're almost in. Now explain why almost. So <clears throat> I was excited by the prospect of this taking place in the like self-referential Stephen King multiverse. Okay. I like that it's combining because this is something that's always been part of my headcanon for like a few years now is that all of the Stephen King stories take place in the same universe. I think that's a, that's a thing for most people because he makes a lot of references to other stories in a lot of his stuff. Yeah, but they're kind of unofficial because up until now, the movies have never really done that where they actually, I mean, they'll reference a place, but not like an event or a person well, so much. Dreamcatcher on the, the gravestone on or the tombstone or whatever has uh, Pennywise was here or something like that. Or Pennywise uh, is right. Yeah, or, on some graffiti on the wall, there was uh, Pennywise was here. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And actually, that's in another movie too now that you mention it besides Dreamcatcher. Well, in Shawshank, there's, what was his name? Uh, the, the inmate that killed, or the guy who gets out of prison and gets a regular job and then kills himself. Oh, yeah, the older dude. The older um, guy. He says something. He scratches on there. It says, uh, was here. Is it Blue was here or something like that? Not Blue. It's a, it's a weird name, and I forget what it is, but. Could have sworn it was Blue. But yeah, yeah. So um, they referenced that in what other movie? What other movie do they remember? 1402 or something like that? Oh, do they? Oh, no. That's, that's what I was asking. Like, Oh, what, uh, what other movie did they reference? I'm just saying because Pennywise was here. Is oh. is what it says on the thing. The other guy says was here, so it's kind of like saying the same thing. But oh, okay, yeah, grasping at straws there, yeah. But I get it. <laughs> grasping at straws. Fair enough. That that you could say that, but I I don't know. I think that's a, a that's a thing. Um, what his name was Brooks. Brooks. Brooks was here. That's right. That's what it says. So, uh, this episode starts off with um, Terry O'Quinn. Playing a role of Pangborn? Peng, no, he do, he wasn't playing Peng, Pangborn. He because Pangborn's played by uh, Glenn Scott. Oh or, right, Terry O'Quinn um, was playing the Warden Glenn of Scott. Shawshank. Yeah, the Warden of Shawshank. Um, I forget what they said his name was. I was just looking at it myself. Yeah, Scott Glenn, <laughs> not Glenn Scott. Dang. Uh, it, it it doesn't matter. Anyways. He says goodbye to his wife, takes his car to a cliff, <laughs> ties a rope to a tree, out the back window of his car, 
slams on the gas and goes over the cliff. So not only to kill himself with a car crash, but also with his head getting decapitated by rope. I gotta say that's at least a a unique form of suicide. It's a very I unique form of suicide. I mean, like, why so um, graphic? Like I, when I you, guess when you absolutely have to make sure you're good and dead. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could have survived the car crash. Or he could have survived the drowning. The drowning, yeah. And he could have survived the hanging. But, but not if you all hang three. yourself <laughs> while you're in a speeding car off a cliff into a lake, I mean, yeah. Maybe maybe he wanted to make sure he would die because there's a possibility he would live to regret it. I mean, I would definitely say that's what, what's going on there. It's like, I got to make sure this works because if not, I'm in a world of hurt for some reason or another. <laughs> so, yeah, the episode starts off very slow. I was, I mean. I think there was a lot of world building in this first episode and they had to get it through uh, through a lot of it. I was going to say there's a lot of just waiting to get to something because I was getting a little bored, admittedly, like halfway through. I was like, well, what is happening? Where is this going? Fair enough. I mean, I would say our more, our main character is uh, Henry Deaver, who at the beginning of the episode is found by Alan Pangborn, who... In 1991. In 1991, because uh, after 11 days of being missing, he just appears in the middle of a frozen lake. And, well, him and his father, isn't it? Well, I don't know if his father went missing or not, but they did say that they... That they found the father not too long after the boy went missing and his back was broken in half and he was dead. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Henry Deaver is a lawyer. He, he gets called to come back to his hometown of Castle Rock because Bill Sarsgaard plays a kid or they call him the kid that was in a closed down part of Shawshank prison and uh, no one knows who he is. It wasn't why he even was there. just an abandoned part. He was like in the recesses of like underground of a closed off right. uh, cell block. <laughs> so he obviously had like no one knows why he's there. No one knows who he is. He doesn't talk to anybody. The only words he says is Henry Deaver, Henry Matthew Deaver. So they call for they call for him to come back. Well, yeah. someone calls for him to come back. Yeah, one of the other. Uh, I guess Prison correctional guards. officers. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "Hey, uh, it's not right what they're doing." Yeah, there's there's a guy here in a cage, and you got to come here. And he was like, "Who is this?" And he just hangs up, like super mysterious. And I already kind of, I almost hate that that they peppered with obvious clues, because when they first discovered the kid, you see that there's a notebook like on the ground, like one of those old uh, comp- comp- composition books. Yeah, like a composition book with like the black and white pattern on it. Right. And a bucket that's like literally just full of cigarette butts. And like already you're seeing like, oh, like there's clues here of some sort, but we don't know what those are yet because they <laughs> haven't showed them to us yet. Um, and then, yeah, they find the kids. So they take them up. Uh, the the new warden, I guess, is kind of pissed that they found the kid because mm-hmm. this is like a really bad PR it's incident. It's li- literally her first day. Yeah. <laughs> First day taking over for uh, Terry O'Quinn, whose name is Lacey, by the way. Lacey. And, um, yeah, so she doesn't want to have to deal with this. You know, they shower the guy. They try to interrogate him. And, like I said, the only thing he says is Harry Deaver. And that leads to, you know, Harry Deaver getting the phone call. Shortly after, he just lost an appeal for a death row 
uh, inmate. Right. An elderly lady who I think was, uh, she basically acted in self-defense. Well, yeah. Yeah. She Of some sort. She, I mean, his her lawyer is saying that it's self-defense, obviously, because it's it's the lawyer. He but, would say that, wouldn't he? Right. But, uh, I mean, she's she was on trial for killing her husband who ah. uh, uh, obviously had some ties to the le- the court system in general. So, uh, yeah, she's, she, they didn't win her appeal, her last appeal. She gets lethal injection in the state of Texas. It doesn't take. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, if you don't die, don't they have to let you live afterwards? I like, don't think they have to let you live. I think that's like one of those, like, wives tales of well technically she died so they followed the 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 sentence and then she came back to life on her own so it'd be like the the uh the night's watch clause like right. technically you did die so you, you're free you get to, go. to go now <laughs> uh so let's talk about this cast though andre holland plays henry deaver bill skarsgård plays the kid who Bill Skarsgård already has a has a connection to Stephen King with playing yep. Pennywise in the new It movies. And you know what? He doesn't look any less unsettling without the clown makeup. <laughs> no, he does not. He's so creepy. Well, that whole, like, his eye, he, he can do the thing with his eyes that go in different directions. Like, he did that on his own. Like, the, the director told him, Andy Muschietti said, hey, we're going to do this, like, digital effect where your eyes go in different directions on their own. And he's, like, being like this and just freaked, him, freaked the director out because he did do it on his own. Well, not only that. I mean, he was definitely doing that in a couple of scenes. But, like, I don't know. It almost looked like they were digitally, like, making one of his eyes bigger. It just looks so weird. And it was, like, genuinely giving me, like, a little bit of anxiety just looking at him. <laughs> it's a possibility. Uh, Sissy Spacek, who's most famously Carrie, yeah, which is also a Stephen King novel. Uh, that one, I believe, was released as Richard Bachman. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. The first release, I think, was. Uh, I I don't know if Scott Glenn ever had had a, a Stephen King connection or not. I, I don't feel like he would have, but maybe not. So, and then he's, but he's playing Alan Pangborn, who Pangborn was also the name of the sheriff in Castle Rock for the movie Needful Things, played by Ed Harris back in the day. Uh, we didn't get to see her character in this first episode, but Jane Levy is playing a character in the show, and her name is Jackie Torrance. Now, Jack Torrance is the main character in The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. So there's that connection that we will have eventually. Well, like that's the thing that holds the most promise for the for me is the uh, how all these different things tie together. Because I feel like even though these is, these are connected in the Stephen King multiverse. It's kind of its own story that's separate from like all the other Stephen King stories. Right. I mean, they do reference things that happened in the past, like oh, you can still see the bullet hole where that one warden shot himself in Shawshank. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I get that reference, but I feel like it's not gonna and I really. Feel like, I feel like when uh, Henry Deaver shows up in town at first, you see that boarded up uh, like general store. I think that's from Needful Things. Uh, well, yeah. So was. Um um, what was the name of that sheriff that we were just talking about? Pangorn. Pangorn, yeah. Wasn't he from Needful Things? That's what I just said earlier. Oh, yeah. Second ago. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously there are a lot of things from different show. Do you think, does Christine show up at some point? That would be so awesome. Um, 
I don't know. That'd be really cool. But so what if this turns out at the end of the series and like I have not watched any of the episodes other than the one that we watched today. Um, if like this is the real city of Castle Rock and like, you know, you see a Stephen King walk through and he's like, he just gets his ideas from all this place and and he writes stories that are like it, but not exactly what happened. It's like he's not actually that original. He just uh, he just stole the stories from, Cal- yeah, from the, the city like that already had happening. Yeah. yeah, um, I mean that'd be kind of lame, but I could see that kind of you know fitting. <laughs> all right. So, do you know if there's any is if if we got all these other parts from different Stephen King movies and books and stuff? Do you is there anything about a kid that's in a in a prison by himself? No, but this kid, I mean, he escaped from the prison cell mysteriously that's true so in the last parts of the episode you know the video cameras all start to go wonky and shit and he gets himself out of his prison cell and uh a bunch of people end up dead (laughs) yeah it was very um stranger things related where it looks like the the demigorgon escaped when you just see a bunch of people dead in the hallways and blood splattered that was pretty cool but we don't know anything about him, who he is, what he does. And then we've come to find out, I think it was the last scene of that episode, um, we get a bit of a flashback to um, the original Warden Lacey talking to the kid, telling him that when they find you, ask for Henry Matthew Henry, Deaver. Uh, yeah, Henry Deaver. So now we know how the kid knows that name because up until now, it's like, well, how does he know this person? Who is this? Henry Deaver doesn't know who he is. Uh, he shows up at the prison because, you know, the guy that called him. Uh, but the warning is like, well, I don't know what you... I think you just wasted your time. This must have been a prank. Mm-hmm. And he's already super suspicious. And, um, yeah, so I'm almost hooked. <laughs> like, it's got enough elements that I'm like, this could be good. Well, I mean, I, I definitely say I'm hooked. I just... I, I, well, I can't wait to see the more of the parts filled in so oh yeah yeah i want to i want to fill in some of those blanks i want to see what's in that notebook damn it what's, <laughs> what's uh... and obviously uh terry o'quinn's character warden lacy was down there a lot to talk to the kid as he's because uh, as the the bucket full of cigarette butts like you said was his and that definitely seemed like a a, a recent uh flashback like it probably was the day before he ended up killing himself now that kid, that the kid probably has The Shining. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Or didn't didn't he also did, didn't Stephen King also write Firestarter? Well, in Firestarter, there was no telekinesis. There was pyrokinesis, right? And then I guess the ability to make hallucinations. So those were the two powers that we saw in that movie. But I I mean, telekinesis wouldn't be that far from you know that power set i guess i mean you're definitely delving into x-men territory now. <laughs> but um yeah i think he's i mean he could also just be a straight-up demon like pennywise i mean uh, would he really play pennywise though in two separate incarnations hey of, man it makes you money you do it i guess yeah i mean i'd still watch it i'd actually applaud him for having the balls to do that but he's also i mean he's also in another stephen king world kind of thing so like why not Maybe Pennywise is the one that can travel through the different Stephen King multiverses. (laughs) He's got that kind of power. I could see that. I could see that happening. Uh, 
I mean, there's not much to talk about in this first episode just because they it's just so much setup. Yeah, yeah, it's just a lot of setup. Are there, is there any one particular character that you're really interested in? Like, what's uh the one one lady character that we saw um, played by M- Melanie Linsky? Her name's uh, her character's name is Molly Strand. She the one that was buying drugs off a high school kid. She was, she was buying drugs off a high school kid, but then she's also got some keepsakes of Henry's from when uh he disappeared. He disappeared. So, um. Uh, newspaper clippings look like a uh, one of his old flannels and stuff like that. Yeah, she acted really shady when she saw him like arriving in town on, right. a, on a bus. Which I was reading the trivia. It turns out that that bus that he arrives in is the same bus that uh, I think uh, one of the characters from Shawshank takes when they leave the prison. I oh, think it was so Red, like Brooks? maybe. No, I think it was Red. Mm. When Red leaves Shawshank, I think he gets on a whatever that bus company was called, like Silver Eagle or something. Mm. But, um, yeah, so that was a reference there as well. But she also had a little, like, timer, like the kind you have in a board game. So yeah. she only wanted to spend... Like, like a one-minute sand uh, hourglass thing. Yeah, she only wanted to spend one minute reminiscing or going through that box, which was very odd to me, too. Like, what was that? Like, I'm, I'm my mind is spinning on that. I'm like... I'm thinking Hour Man for some reason. Like, if, if you, like, during a certain time frame, you can, like, exist in a little bubble of whatever. See, I was thinking more of a psychological thing. Like, if she knows that if she doesn't limit herself, that she could spend, like, all night sitting there just going through the stuff over and over. Well, I guess that's more logical. <laughs> but, uh, was there any particular characters other than maybe Henry and the kid that you were, you're really intrigued on? Uh, not yet, but I hope that we get like some references and i don't mean just like mention like oh yeah there was uh you know it's like that one place where the kids used to bury their animals and some say they come back i mean i hope we get more than just like passing references to things i hope like things actually tie in together Mm -hmm. um and more so i really hope that we get a solid reference to the langoliers i really really like the concept just the movie was so awful You really want the Langoliers to I, show I up. Want, I want something to do with the Langoliers to come in here. Because I honestly think the Langoliers is the closest thing in the Stephen King universe, apart from like the MK Ultra experiments that they do on you know those people, to like the Upside Down. Okay. Because you have like those, uh, the Langoliers are essentially like the Demigorgons in kind of how they look and how they behave. But, in, but, but for time. Um, well, existence in general, yeah. Mm. They, they wipe out the past by eating it right so that it doesn't exist so that time stays current or whatever Mm -hmm. it's i mean logic isn't always the most important thing it's just (laughs) more like the concept and the unknown of what's happening there but i'm intrigued i i i want to see more i want to love this series right now i'm in like with it (laughs) well here let me go through some of the other uh trivia pieces just so that we have uh, something to talk about. The younger version of Sissy Spacek's character is played by Schuler Fisk, Sissy Spacek's daughter in real life. Warden Norton's death from Shawshank Redemption is mentioned with a guard saying that you can still see the bullet hole. Oh, yeah, we covered that. Thomas Newman was the composer of the episode. Newman also scored the Shawshank Redemption, uh, which could be considered something of a prequel to the series and The Green Mile, another St- Stephen King adaptation revolving around a prison. Uh, the, the piece about... Oh, yeah, we made a reference to uh, the mouse from Green Mile being in this <laughs> we episode. We did, yeah. Because <laughs> that, that mouse lives to be super old, but this one <laughs> well, gets hit by the mousetrap. Maybe he was made immortal by uh, 
what was his name john john coffee yes like the drink but not spelled the same (laughs) uh uh like you said henry arrives in in town uh on a Trailways bus in the Shawshank Redemption, Red leaves Maine on a Trailways bus. Oh, yeah, there you go. Warden Lacey is listening to Kenzanita Solaralia. Yeah. The opera. From Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's Marriage of Figaro. This is the same piece of music that Andy Dufresne plays over the P- prison PA system in defiance of the warden and guards in Shawshank Redemption. The episode is set in two different times, 1991 and 2018. The gap between the two is 27 years, a possible reference to It oh. by Stephen King. And we did uh, we made our own little theory that that lake could potentially be like a hellmouth. Yeah, yeah that's There seems true. to be some evil presence or some kind of force there. Do you th- I also made me think that, because they keep refer- referencing the fact that there's no way that Henry could have survived on his own for 11 days in negative four degree weather. I yeah, almost they kept to... saying that over and over. It's like somebody would have died in like one hour in this weather. Right, and you were su- you survived eleven days like unscathed. I, it makes me think that like he's not the original Henry. Like this, that he's something else, and he just doesn't know it. He's a, uh, well, or maybe he just entered some kind of uh, dimensional rift. Or maybe he just traveled through time. He went through he, uh, he the went dark through, tower. He went. Through, he could have went through the dark tower. He's the gunslinger. The episode... Is, oh, we already got that. The, this is Bill Skarsgård's second Stephen King role. The first is Pennywise in 2017 It. The episode marks the first on-screen appearance of Shawshank Prison since 1984. When Henry and Alan are discussing that the bodies were moved to a yard up in Bangor by the airport, this is a reference to the novella, The, La- the Langoliers. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, I don't want just a reference like that. <laughs> I mean, I want something that ties in a little more substantially. And at the very beginning of 1991, we meet Alan Pangborn, a sheriff of Castle Rock involved in the novels The Dark Half and Needful Things. Oh, I saw the movie The Dark Half a long time ago. That's the one with uh, Timothy Hutton. And it's got all the crows and the birds and shit. Uh, I thought that was the one with John Lithgow where he had like a twin or something. That's Raising Cain. Ah, definitely not the same thing. No. Uh, So... I think it's called Raising Cane. Wasn't there another one with the guy that played Dr. Giggles where he had a twin? Ooh, I don't know. That's a deep cut. That's yeah. a deep cut. Uh, That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Dr. Giggles. <laughs> I mean, if dentists already didn't have a bad enough rap, like make a movie like Dr. Giggles where the <laughs> dentist shows up and just kills you. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, okay, like I said, I'm excited about this show. Um first episode is called severance they definitely make reference to the severance pay that warden lacy got for uh working at the prison for so long plus i think also for being in the military i think so yeah so uh yeah and they keep saying oh well you know he couldn't handle being retired but dr Diggles played ganthet in uh the green lantern first flight movie did he just a little fyi oh, I he guess. did the voice okay yeah <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, cool. Well, if anybody else has anything they'd like to say about this first episode, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as at Michipedia G-E-R. John is also on Twitter as... I am at Magic Bollocks. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. And GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is... 
The Geeks Watch on the Geekly Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.